What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Kicks and Picks Podcast. Very special episode for you today. Special guest, Bob Ventimiglia from I-80 Sports. He is here to help us handicap and break down Major League Soccer. This is the MLS feature episode. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Of course, I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me. Love talking Major League Soccer to, to anyone who will listen. And, uh, you know, I, I take being a guest on these shows very, very seriously. So hopefully we, we can get down to some good stuff today. Uh, there's no doubt about it. So uh, you're here with the whole squad, Scotty and Coach Steve. And Bob, let's get right into it, man. You, I think the listeners heard it with your introduction right there. You, you are super passionate guy, very passionate about the league itself. Tell us how that happened. What got you into the sport? What got you into the MLS in particular? Yes, yeah, so uh, into MLS, not the MLS. I'm very passionate about that, too. It's it's not the Major League Soccer. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a running joke around the league. But I, I grew up like everyone else in, in this country playing soccer as a kid. I live in Clifton, which is kind of a hotbed for soccer. A lot of... Uh, Professional soccer players came out of Clifton. And while it's a very diverse town, it's also very segregated as to where the kids hang out, what areas of town are are known for their different styles of soccer. Uh, for example, if, if I went down to one area of town where a lot of the Polish kids live, you go to one of their, their parks, they're playing a completely different game than me when you go down to the Mexican section of town. Um, so I, I, I kind of grew up with that, picking up different styles. Um, Clifton also, um, you might've heard of a guy named, uh, Giuseppe Rossi. He is, uh, my age and his parents taught Italian in my high school school district. So I kind of grew up, um, you know, with those coaches around me. Um, I was terrible at soccer as a kid. And, uh, actually I played against Giuseppe Rossi, um, as a kid got absolutely smoked and I quit soccer. Um, <laughs> time yeah, to try there's baseball. There's ever a reason. Yeah. Time to try baseball. Um, and, you know, it turned out when I was playing, you know, against multiple professional soccer players as a kid, it just it just wasn't meant to be. I was very unathletic. Anyone who knows me as a kid is probably surprised that I'm even, you know, talking about sports uh, to, to this day. But I think sometime after, you know, college, um, late high school, early college during the World Cup uh, window, one of my closest friends took a semester abroad to study uh, near Manchester. And kind of came back with soccer again, you know, video games, friends, uh, picked up the love that I that I had as a kid. And, you know, here, here we are today. I spent a, over a decade as a season ticket holder for New York Red Bull. That is my primary team. Although, you know, when we're trying to do these bets, we try to keep it, you know, as, as uh, you know, close to the chest as possible on, on keeping our fandom under wrap. Uh, I started a podcast to talk about NFL football and fantasy football, which is uh, how our channel started. We expanded and at, over some time we said, hey, you know, a lot of podcasters talk about teams around Major League Soccer, but very, very precious few talk about MLS as a whole. And when I when I identified what what niche market was missing, it was betting. So I, I figured I would get, you know, I, I love gambling anyway. So, you know, I might as well uh, combine those passions together and uh, you know, they don't mesh well. Major league soccer and betting is, is kind of a fool's errand. I'm sure you you've reached that conclusion on many other leagues around the world. And there's really no difference here. And the Italian from New York, New Jersey loves gambling. Have you guys heard about that before? Or is that just yeah. I've never met someone like that in my life? 
<laughs> I, I actually have a really funny family story, if, if I can tell you guys. Um, my my grandfather actually grew up um, working for a like at a soda pop shop. I mean, that's in what the 30s, 40s. And he used to go and take bets as a kid because the kids wouldn't get like nailed by the police. So he used to take all the sports bets um, into the back room for the guys. It was obviously like not really a soda shop. It was a cover joint. Um, so I, I like to tell people that it, it runs in the family. Hell yeah. Absolutely love it. Um, so the, not the MLS going to be 30 this year, which is wild to think about, right? We, we all basically yeah. grew up and the league has been around up to 29 teams with a couple of recent expansions. Uh, just a, Massive broadcasting deal with Apple TV. Just overall, I, I, how does that make you feel? Are you happy with the league? Um, you know, you said you've got your press pass. Do you feel any different than yeah. you did last year or maybe even five years ago? I do. I, I feel like Major League Soccer has really turned a corner this year. The Apple TV deal is just incredible. I mean, if you catch these games, they have MLS 360, which you can just watch and they bring you highlights from all the games as they go live, similar to like an NFL red zone, something like that. Something I never would have imagined. Um, they cut the schedule down to just one day. All matches are on Saturday. seems like there's one featured game. I would like a Sunday night game, kind of like a Monday night football kind of thing. Uh, I would like more primetime matches. But what they're doing is just incredible. It's obviously not just made for Major League Soccer. This is a test run for something much, much bigger. And it's brought so much attention to the sport. You know, uh, I, where I live now, I needed a cable television package, only one by Comcast to watch New York Red Bulls. So now the fact that I can not subscribe to cable, like I have not done, I'm, I'm, you know, one of the, one of the original cord cutters and get my major league soccer, every game, every match, condensed matches, the whole deal. Absolutely fantastic. And Hey, you got, you know, a, a great group of commentators uh you know sharing the whole league now you know you know it, it really it, it's really incredible what they've done I, I have a lot of ideas on how to improve it and make it even better but you know even after the first week mls 360 they had a weird angle where they were showing games like over the commentators backs i don't know what that was about people complained next week it's gone you know, they, they are obviously taking the steps to, to make this a thing, to make it work and to make it work for the league. There are going to be people who watch a little less games um, and you are cutting out a small portion of your audience. But like I said, this is this is for something bigger. This is for something absolutely bigger. And uh, I, I absolutely love the Apple TV deal this year. It feels different. Teams from all around the league are getting those designated players and they're not just old retirement players. I mean, we're seeing guys come over in their prime, close to their prime. You know, you saw Bernadeschi come over last year um, and you see uh, Tiago Almada on Atlanta, you know, just won a World Cup and he came back to play with Atlanta this season. So it, it does feel different. Players know that it's not a retirement league anymore. They know that it's an audition. You can play for New York, any of the teams in California, any of the teams in Miami, live in a great climate, it's, it's great to live in America and they can live mostly normal lives, make a lot of money and audition to go to Europe. They know that now it's been done. You know, there's players on Newcastle who've done it. There's players on Leeds who've done it. And, and it's not just, hey, audition and then, you know, sit on the bench for Chelsea for a couple of weeks. No, there are players who are starting in major league 
uh, major leagues all over the world that got their start in major league soccer. And I just, it's start, it's, it's continuing to grow. I think we've reached a fever pitch with the world cup and everything good going on there. And I just, uh, I'm, I'm more excited this year than I've ever been. It feels for the first time, like, Hey, this thing isn't just going to collapse. Like the last 29 years, I kind of felt like at any time you could snap your fingers, major league soccer's bankrupt. They're gone. I feel like it's, it's a part of our culture. It's part of American sports now. Yeah, I think the good thing about the Apple TV deal is that, you know, it's it's 10 years, right? We're in the beginning part of it. I think with what they've shown with the MLB last year is they, they really do a good job with the production side of things. I think my one gripe, if I have any with it right now, is it's still early in Apple's like foray into the, the sports rights packages. I know they're talking about Pac-12 yeah. uh, in future years, but for me, like my introduction to Serie A became through Paramount Plus because I was getting Paramount Plus for Champions League and then that okay, sure. kind of grouped into it. So I'm hoping that as Apple kind of dips their toes in the water, sometime in the next three, four years, they're going to make another big splash. And now all of a sudden people are going to be buying Apple TV because they want to watch, you know, Pac-12 football, or maybe they get rights to UFC fights or something like that. And then they're going to start to draw those eyes over into MLS and that can really kind of snowball from there. So I, I'm hoping that that's something that we might see in the next five years, but even still, I know having the access is, is huge for a lot of people. And uh, I think it's probably a good opportunity to you know expand that audience even further. Before you get there, Sky, I just wanted to add one thing on the Apple TV because, you know, also Red Bulls, I uh, watched them here in New York uh, on cable a lot of the time now. I have Apple TV. Didn't get the MLS package, though, without Nick passing along a, a promo offer he had for me. So, like, even people with Apple TV Plus, do you think – a lot of those people are subscribing to MLS. Or do you think they're really targeting just the hardcore MLS audience with this package? I know the production's great because I've been watching the matches now for five weeks and they're doing a great job, but you're taking out like that hometown feel that you get with pretty much every um, team in, in major American sports. And I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what the end of season numbers are compared to like having it accessible on some matches on ESPN and they were FS1 was carrying some uh, national TV stuff and then having you know, home, you know, networks carrying local teams. I'm just wondering if the the pricing is going to be a detriment to some people because even on the old package, ESPN Plus, if you had ESPN Plus for six bucks a month or whatever it was, like when I used to subscribe for Serie A and, and things like that, MLS was available for me. So I'm wondering if, like Scott said, it's so like targeted now, if it in the short term is going to hurt maybe the long-term growth of, uh, you know, numbers in terms of like viewers. Yeah, so I think that, you know, what what Scott was saying was that, you know, they're going to target other sports. And as the package grows, people just get Apple TV sports. Now, he brought up, I think, like college football, you know, the 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 Venn diagram of people who watch MLS in college football is Scott. Like he's the one guy that, so that, that, that's not really helping them too much, but I do know that's entirely true, but maybe I, I think it's, I think it's premier league. I think that that is the big fish. The big fish is Premier League, and when Apple gets Premier League, and I honestly do believe Apple's going to put in a competitive bid and possibly win Premier League, that is what's going to open the door. When you bring in soccer fans who, you know, the Euro snob who doesn't watch Major League Soccer because it's not the quality they want, well, now they're going to be able to watch it. And when those fans are the ones who are going to be targeted, right? Because those are the ones who are dedicated soccer fans who are going to, you know, wake up at seven o'clock on a Saturday to watch, you know, West Brom lose, 
you know, that that's fine. But when 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 we get those fans and they're subscribing anyway, that is what's going to help Major League Soccer. And I really love that there's five or six games free every week anyway. So, I, you know, it's almost like that's all like 30 percent of the games are free every week. So I, I do think casuals can still dip their toes and in, in test the product. Um, and you know, if you're watching the show and you want to dip your toes in too, go to eBay. I mean, there was a deal with like T-Mobile where they're giving out hundreds of free codes and people were posting them online for five or six bucks at the beginning of the season. You could have got the whole package for the whole season for $6 on eBay. Um, you know, I, I shared the word. I helped a couple of people uh, get those passes in, but yeah, um, I, I, I agree with you. There are casuals who will be cut out. But depending on where you live, there were casuals being cut out anyway. One of the features I do love of Apple, and from what I do understand, they are expanding it. You can have local radio broadcasters give the play, give the alternate play-by-play. I, I did see that this synced. week, yeah. It's synced. So um, I talked to uh, Jess from Charlotte. Um, she does uh, radio on, on a local Charlotte radio. And, you know, she, she's a guest on ID Sports all the time. You can, if you want to hear her audio, you put on the Charlotte game. Click local audio, click Charlotte, and you could hear the local radio uh, commenters on there, which is is awesome. Right now, it's only the away feed, or I think it, no, no. Right now, it's only the home feed, which doesn't make any sense because the home fan should be at the games, uh, so it should be only the away feed. They're gonna get that straightened out sometime this season, and uh, it's not even behind. It's not even lag. It's in real time with what's going on on the TV. So I think that local flavor is just around the corner for you. Yeah, and by the way, there's a name for people who watch Pac-12 football and uh, MLS. It's, we're called gamblers. So yeah, there's okay. there's more there's more of us out there. I promise, <laughs> no doubt. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll kick it to my question. So, like you said uh, earlier, uh, there's lots of opportunity for players to come up into some of these bigger name clubs right now in MLS, and then make a jump over into Europe, into the MLS, or into EPL or, or Bundesliga. Um, Guys like Pepe, McKenney, Reyna, Aronson. Is there anything that maybe MLS could be doing to keep those young emerging talents here in America, in, in MLS, and maybe profit off of having some, some star players that you know fans can kind of watch grow into their roles and then maybe become stars in the, the U.S. men's national team and, and beyond? Or do you think it's better for them to go off into Europe and maybe play against some of those, those leagues? Like, where do you stand in that, that balance? Is there something they could do? Yes, they can be to come a top three league in the world. And that would keep the players here enough said. Um, short of that, I think it is beneficial to be a selling market. And I know a lot of people don't want to think that, but unless you're a top five team in the world, you're a selling team, right? You Fair. can be a great tier one Spanish side if you're not named Barcelona Right. you're a selling team. So so I, I, I agree and disagree. I think as the quality of Major League Soccer rises, um, you you need to be even more special to get noticed to go overseas. Um, I do think we will eventually keep those players when we become one of those top leagues in the world. But, you know, the United States soccer game is such a weird landscape, um, physically a landscape, you know, where, where the travel takes more wear and tear than any other league in the mm. world. I think some of the things here are beneficial. Um, for example, like I mentioned before, we have some of the best cities in the world. It's a place where soccer players can go and 
you're never going to be an NFL quarterback walking down the street. You know, like, you know, like you might get noticed, but you're not getting mugged anywhere you go. I I think the the best talent right now, the the best course is to showcase your talent, move on. Um, you know, especially Americans, you know, it, it let's advance the sport. Let's let's get in a competitive World Cup scenario. And that's going to be right now going overseas. And I think that's just fine. I, I, I'm not bitter about that. I think we can continue to have quality. If you are a mid tier team, if you're playing on the, you know, 10th, 12th place team in England, you can come to Major League Soccer, be a star. Make a lot of money, by the way. Sebastian Giovinco, when he came over from Juventus, was the highest paid Italian soccer player in the world when he came to Toronto. And I I think people are going to see that. You don't need to wait until you're 40 to come over to Major League Soccer. You had your experiment. You're 28, 29. You never broke into the top tier leagues, but you know you have something special. Come make your money in American soccer um, and help build the sport here. And I think there's a lot of players now who who are taking that route. I think you've seen a lot of Argentines doing that, right? Like the the Druises of the world and players like that. I, I've noticed so many Argentines in the league recently. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think you know, welcome. <laughs> Let's bring yeah. some more over here. Yeah. Um, it seems like every team has just plucked Argentines, and they've all hit. I know, you know, I, I think of Verone for Red Bull. I guess that was a miss there. Um, but yeah, there's from from all over, and, and it's. Great now that these clubs are ha- having brother and sister clubs all around the country. You look at Red Bull. Um, yeah, we get some Brazilian players. We get Austrians too because it's the same global scouting network. And as the teams and their academies uh, are successful and they link up with different scouting agencies around the world, I think you're just going to see more and more of it. I think there's you know a lot of CONCACAF nations who have players coming in Major, in major League Soccer now, and I, I love to see that. And I think you made a good point there. Um, you, you might not want to talk about it, but NYCFC is, it seems to me like a prime example, right? They linked up with um, Man City. And I feel like what, two years after that, three years after that, the champions of the league with it, with an asterisk, but yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> so speaking of champions of the league, right. Compared to the European leagues, which most of our listeners we assume don't watch a lot of MLS or watch more EPL study out, which are the leagues we talk about on, on a weekly basis. You know, MLS is sort of a unique beast in the, in the soccer world in the sense that the team with the best record isn't automatically crowned champion. Um, in fact, in the last decade, only two times as a supporter shield winner, which is the team with the best record won the MLS cup playoff cup, um, which is generally how the, you know, the champion is uh, recognized in, in American sports. Um, there's no promotion relegation expansion teams continue to be added up to 29. Like Nick said, I'm wondering when that has to kind of slow down a bit because you see, you're getting up to a high number compared to a lot of these other leagues. Um, the DP rule still exists with salary cap. What are your thoughts on the current league structure? Are all of these things still good for the league? Does it even need to change to kind of like increase the growth that you were talking about earlier? Yeah. Well, I I think the first thing to to notice is that, you know, the, the, the single entity that is major league soccer what was built to protect the teams, right? Like under the current salary rules, no team, no single team can go under because they are protected by all the rest. Um, you know, it, it's very complex. Just give it a, like a really, really brief, probably inaccurate at this point rundown. If you sign with Nashville, you really sign with major league soccer. They're paying your paycheck and 
you know, you obviously agree and, and there's, you know, other levels to it and all this other weird stuff. Um, I'm still okay with many of the rules because I think it, it does include parity in the league. You know, you you can compete. You can, you know, be a wooden spoon team one year, have the worst record in the league and turn it around in the offseason, make a couple smart moves. I like it. I like that kind of play. I generally don't like sport when you can have just one team reign supreme. So if you look at you know a lot of the top leagues, England is it. England's what you watch, right? Germany, you know what two teams are going to be. Spain, you know what two teams it's going to be. And there's really no competition there. So I do like the structure. I think it's competitive. Americans want competitive soccer. You don't want blowouts and you don't want shutouts and you don't want ties. That's boring for Americans. It's boring for me. I don't want to watch it. And it sucks to bet on. So Sure you know, those things there. I do think that there is going to be rule changes very shortly. I think there's a player coming from Argentina over the next summer that will be playing in Major League Soccer for a team called Miami, owned by David Beckham. And this player is going to blow up all the salary rules that were ever instated for the league. I think they're going to need to come up with something completely new. And that's all right, too. We see these rule changes all the time. I know, like, the discovery rights and, like, how players are claimed changed this offseason. That's kind of a weird thing, too, where, um, you know, each player can claim a player that has no intent on coming to their club. And then if that player comes to Major League Soccer, they need to, like, trade the rights to that player to someone. There, there's all this weird stuff. It needs to be streamlined a little bit. I'm okay with how it goes now. Eventually, I think we're going to split up into two leagues. I think we need to have an Eastern Major League Soccer and a Western Major League Soccer. For the travel, it just makes sense. You can't keep expanding teams. And, you know, it's going to be it's going to be so tough because America is so large. And if you just opened up an open structure now, there'd be seven teams in New York. There'd be seven teams in California. And the rest of the country would have a team for every seven, eight, nine thousand square miles, you know, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, I'm kind of against pro rel in, in its in its current current state. I see the argument for it, but no owner is going to pay three hundred million dollars to start up a major league soccer or team by the franchise right and then sign it away the next year, saying, "Oh yeah, let's open up pro rel and the chance for me to lose a three hundred million dollar investment." It's just not feasible. It's never going to happen. Um, and under this current structure, it's just kind of boring for me to talk about. Although I'll sit on this mic and talk to you about it for another half hour, if you really. Yeah, I think what the 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 interesting with Major League Soccer that makes it so unique, it's a soccer league, which, you know, in the rest of the world has this pr- promotion relegation. I think Mexico, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, might have playoffs too. But yep. um, pretty much everywhere in Europe and, and these other major leagues that everybody follows around the world, are so used to promotion relegation, but MLS came up in an American sports setting where every league has playoffs. And that's how every league has always decided who the champion is, right? The world series, even when it was just the, the AL pennant, NL pennant, and then you go through the hockey playoff grind. doesn't matter if you win the president's trophy, because if you don't win the Stanley cup, nobody remembers. Right. And I think that's where MLS kind of finds itself kind of stuck in between and sticking more with the American mindset. And you're right. If you're trying to build a league into more teams and I, I don't know at what point, like, there's too many teams, but you're right. If somebody comes in and drops 300 million on a brand new franchise, and that's the difference to franchise, not a club, like in Europe, um, it's a business model, right? Nobody's going to invest that just to, yeah, to exactly. potentially see it squandered. And I, I think my follow-up question is going to be along the same lines. Does that unique structure allow for newer franchises to have success 
fairly quickly. We look at Austin most recently. They finished second last year in the West after being a second to last place expansion team the year before. Um, we see St. Louis is exploded onto the scene through five matches. Sure. Like, is, is that structure and allowing for the playoff structure give more teams, I guess, kind of the hope and, and the ability to have an impact right away than, say, a, a newly promoted team in the Premier League or Serie A or one of these leagues where they're lucky if they stay up the next year? Yeah, so I like to think of the Supporter Shield and MLS Cup as kind of two different entities in and of themselves. It's great to finish the season knowing that you won more games than any other team, that you have the most points on the table. That's great. But it's not the suspense that Americans look for. You like the season might be over five, six, seven, eight, ten games until you know before yeah. the end of the yep. year. And I don't think we have the stomach for that. We need the playoff structure. Um, it sure say it's American, fine. I think there's other clubs in South America that that run a similar playoff structure. Uh, so yeah, I like to see that. Um, and as far as you know, teams switching from year in year, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's easy to build to pull yourself out of a rut. And in a team with a in a league with a salary cap, you could just lose one or two players. You could a team could have two injuries. And be bottom of the table. Now, do they deserve to get relegated because they had two injuries? Absolutely not. No one is really going to argue that. Um, or a coaching change. Look at Montreal. They lost uh, Wilfred Nancy as their head coach, and now they're garbage. You know, it, it, like like they're going to fix it. And you know, so I don't know if I'm even answering remotely what you even asked at this point <laughs> in the game. I think I'm just talking myself in circles. But yes, whatever your whatever your question was, yes. Uh, before we get into what's going on in the league, what's going on with some of these players and some bets that we're all looking to make, um, you mentioned you've been going to Red Bull games. Sounds like as long as Steve and I now, obviously much longer. Uh, it's been it's been some years since we've been going. Um, but we always had this feeling that they could not have done any better in trying to entice fans to come and making it affordable, accessible, right? They built a brand new stadium. Yeah. It was right off of five different highways. Yeah. Um, you know, we were paying 400 bucks for season tickets in the front four, row uh, at the end line. I mean, th- that, that price says it all. And, and that price never raised in five years that we went like sure. parking was 10 bucks. So awesome job of making the games accessible. There was no fan experience to speak of. You parked in a parking lot, five blocks down the street next to construction and a train station and in top diner tops. Well, you couldn't park there, but definitely went there. <laughs> um, so like from that standpoint, I don't know that it, compared to any other sport, any other league around the world. Now I know the Red Bulls, that's one very specific example. I'm sure not all teams are like that. Um, so what, what has changed since? I mean, like I said, I'm going back five, six, seven years. I mean, you can point. get a 24 ounce beer for like eight bucks. Where else yeah. in the world are you going to pull that off at a game? Uh, yeah, not a stadium. <laughs> so around the, the city around the stadium has changed drastically. There's huge high-rise buildings everywhere now. They they built thousands and thousands of units of of high-end apartments, and the New Path Station opened up, which is like a work of art. It's like you can't even imagine. It it doesn't even look like the old. It doesn't look like a train station. It looks like a modern art building. Um, so they're they're definitely having some effects on the on the city of Harrison uh, around where they go a lot of really great new restaurants opened up so you know the fan experience on that side ha- has certainly improved 
um as far as you know the the fans the, what the club is doing they have uh what's called the boulevard now b-u-l-l boulevard and they have you know kids games for kids it's very kid oriented um yeah. you know they have soccer like uh they have like an indoor soccer outdoor indoor soccer a uh, little stadium for the kids to play on before the game they have you know like carnival games, like kick the ball through the hoop, score points and like giveaways every week. Um, DJs outside playing music, uh, different promos just about every week. So that's, that's kind of what the club's doing from the club point. And, you know, I, I kind of feel what you're saying too, as far as being welcoming on the supporters end, you know, there is a rich supporters history in major league soccer and with the New York Red Bulls. But I, I've, felt a little bit of friction recently between you know, like the 96ers and the new supporters. It doesn't really always feel welcoming to the new fans. You know, a lot of people like to pat themselves on the back. Oh, I've been here since 96. Yeah, well, 96, I was nine years old. I uh, did not <laughs> have season tickets as a nine year old. It was kind of outside of, of my, you know, realm of, of capabilities at that point. Um, I never felt that because I just, feel like I really need much from anyone else kind of more intrinsically motivated to go to the games there. But I do see what you're saying as far as um, not always an ideal fan experience for some people. Now they moved all the games to Saturday nights. That's to avoid, you know, Saturday morning and afternoon kids, soccer games, a lot of kids stuff, a lot of kids uh, things there. They actually now have the players walk into the stadium through like an outdoor section so you you can like stand by the runway as the players are coming in now that's kind of a new like little cool addition that they've done before you'd have to go to like stand outside the gated garage to see a player before or after the game so yeah they they definitely have improved with these fan experiences but they they do miss the mark in in other scenarios too and so i mean you've Presumably been around, right? Not just to Red Bull games. You've been to some other yeah. arenas and seen some other teams. Is there things that you've seen that are like that you like that you wish more teams would do? Yeah, I, I always feel safe there. I've never not felt safe at Red Bull Arena. Um, I know guys who've had issues, you know, on the subway or right outside, outside the stadium at NYCFC games. You know, I've seen trouble myself at uh, DC United games back in the old uh, RFK stadium. There were always security sure. issues, always fights, um, <laughs> not the old. safest place to be in an opposing Jersey. I do like that a lot. One of the things I, that was rumored and um, speaking with people high up in the Red Bull organization, it was rumored that the, the stadium name was going to change. It was going to be like Caesars arena or something like that. And they were going to open up like a sports book inside the stadium. I would love, I mean, we'd all love that. I would move back if they did that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Let me just go on record and saying. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there, yeah, there was, there was talk of a, of a lounge, right. That they were going to add inside of the stadium. They were going to take down one of the sections and add a little sports book lounge, stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's, that's me. Yeah, the one the one other thing too before we get to the betting, just real quick, because I want to I don't want to take too much time on this. Is the thing that always killed killed me when we would go to these Red Bull games is the attendance. Uh, New York's a big market, but I don't know if it's because there's so many people from so many different backgrounds that they already have clubs back in other nations that they follow closely. They don't spend their money on the MLS market because you see these games in the Midwest and you see the the Pacific Northwest and these games are packed and you know they're they're filling the Seahawks stadium up in Seattle and then. 
Red Bull's got this beautiful, I mean, top of the line, I think it's what, 25,000, 30,000 seat stadium. And there's a lot of empty seats a lot of time, whether it's on TV or when we used to go. And and that just kills me. And and I'm just wondering how MLS does a better job in New York and some of those other bigger markets that don't draw like they should as a big market. Whereas, you know, the Knicks could suck and they 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 pack the garden every 41 times a year and the Red Bulls have 18 home games, you know? Yeah, I I agree with your your sentiment there, and it is frustrating. Um, I think part of it is is really honing on your local identity. It's easy to say, oh, we're New York because that's where we are, but you're in Harrison, New Jersey. It's a yep. huge mm-hmm. Portuguese population, just yep. a stone's throw away from yep. the stadium. Nani was available. He was available. He went to a major league soccer team. Why couldn't that team have been New York Red Bulls? Someone dropped the ball on that. That's how you pack a stadium. You got to get so many players to identify with. And I think right now, Red Bulls are in a little bit of a lull. I think Red Bulls are going to be a fantastic team this year. I see what they have. I see the the defense they've put together, the incredible system. They're, they're, they're coming out the stall a little slow, but they're going to be an incredible team this year. Getting to winning is only half the battle. There's an identity game to be played, and it's not good enough to say, oh, we're going to put what we have on the field. Why didn't you play that card? Walking distance to the stadium, there's you know ten thousand Portuguese soccer fans. Mm-hmm. You could see the flags outside their apartments as you, as you walk down the street. He was available, you know, and I, and I think that's going to be a team to team basis. You can see a team like Toronto with a huge Italian population. Yep. They're doing it right. They're bringing yep. us in. They're bringing us in. I got a call from Toronto last week. They wanted to sign me up to play right back. Yeah. Um, they're every Italian <laughs> is going there. Yeah. Um. They're they get it. And I think with Red Bulls, with the development, they want youth players. And maybe that's going to bring in some youth teams. You're going to bring in some high school uh, soccer players, high school soccer teams. But y- y- you're right. They do have to do better. And I-, I think that that's just a small portion. I'm of the, uh, you know, I-, I love stand-up comedy. If you go to a stand-up comedy club, every seat that's empty is lost money. Because when you go to a club to watch music or to watch comedy, you have to buy two drinks. Yep. yep. So if you know the game is only going to have 20,000 and you fit 25,000, 5,000 tickets better be at, you know, a youth soccer tournament, giving them out to families, just give them, literally give them away, get people in this, in the stadiums and you're going to make money and and eventually someone's going to come back. MLS, if you're listening to this podcast, we just gave you the blueprint. So, (laughs) you know, small cut, small percentage. Um, So Bob, Let's get into it, dude. Um, we're five games into the season. Um, there's some teams that are playing pretty well. I, I wrote a few down. Steve doesn't agree with me on all of them, but uh, I'm going to say New England, Cincinnati, Atlanta in the East, uh, Seattle, LAFC, and now we mentioned St. Louis expansion team five and zero in the West. Um, what surprised you so far? Uh, is it these teams? Is it teams that maybe? have not performed? What, what are you seeing through five weeks? I mean, it has to be St. Louis. They're, they're a, a beginner club, and they really built a, squ- a squad from scratch. If you saw what Austin did, when, when they had their draft, they drafted all MLS veterans. And then they had six guys at each position. It was disjointed. They didn't know who was going to start from week to week. It took them a while to find the pecking order. Who's the best uh, number 10 we have who's the best left wing we have who's the best right midfielder we have it took a while to sort that out st louis city went in with a game plan they said okay here's our designated players here's the core we're going to build around them here are the players who are going to be major league you know major league soccer veterans and everyone else is going to be a player who could step up and take a role 
or who's going to sit back and develop. When I look at the St. Louis City roster, there's not much from week to week where I think, oh, I wonder who's going to start at this position. Now they're pretty much set in stone and they're, they're going to run with the best 11 guys and they know who the best 11 guys are. I think that was a surprise to me. I was expecting um, a little more guesswork at the beginning. I didn't expect them to come out that hot, but being, you know, a major league soccer team being in, um, uh, you know, a minor league team last season, they had a lot of time to practice together. They had a lot of time with the core group. So, you know, they, they just did it right. They have an amazing coach who comes from the Red Bull system. Um, and, you know, their, their style of play, they get it. They, they just get it. And it's, it's a great city and it's great to see them uh, do what they're doing. Now, on, on the other end, teams that I, I wish were performing better or I expected to perform better, New York Red Bull. Um, I, I don't want to be the homer pick. They have the best press sync system, um, maybe globally. I don't mean necessarily on this team, but that's that's the franchise, right? Every Red Bull team plays with the high press. It's it's a system they try to instill. They've run it longer than any other team in Major League Soccer. They've won Supporter Shield running the system before. They have an amazing defense. Aaron Long left. Who cares? He wasn't the best center back on the Red Bulls last season. That was Nealis anyway. And now you pair him with Reyes, who leads the league in headers one and header one percentage. Just an absolute beast. This Red Bull team is going to turn around. They're going to be scary towards the end of the season once Dante Van Zier and some of their um, attackers settle in. You got Burke and Manuel, who finally just scored again this year. Otherwise, in the East, there's really not a lot I'm surprised at. Uh, DC stinks. Chicago stinks. We, we kind of know what's going on yep. there. Um, uh, as far as the Western Conference goes, I'm a little surprised with what Austin's put together. I thought that they were going to be, you know, a top three, top four team. Right now, they're sitting sixth in the league, and that's really not where I saw them. Um, and, you know, if you really want to take a team that I really, really played down this year, Minnesota United, two wins, two draws, zero losses, and their best player, Emmanuel Reynoso, isn't in the country. I really, really uh, shouted them down at the beginning of the year because I thought without that true, you know, electric number 10 that we've seen Emmanuel Reynoso be in his career, I thought they were just dead in the water because they weren't good last year with him. And this year, two wins, two draws, zero losses. I don't know what they're doing right, but they they should just keep doing whatever they're doing. Interesting. So um, you mentioned... Austin as a team, uh, and and I, I saw Scott's eyes, and I know he was thinking probably the same thing I was. Haven't got off to the greatest start. That, to me, presents tremendous value, right? That's a team that's historically good, right, from what we saw last year. Absolutely. The team is largely the same. They have one of the best players in the league in Dreesey, and um, I'm going to get into a couple of teams, but that's a team that's sitting at plus 1,600 right now to win the MLS Cup is now the time to take a stab with Austin. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to hammer this team. They've only scored six goals so far this season, and this is a team that can score six goals every single week when they're out there. Not only uh, Driussi, who was in the Golden Boot race last year, but they signed Jossie Zardes, who was a perennial Golden Boot winner. He's still got enough left in the tank that he can score 13, 14, 15 goals for Austin FC this year. Um, what I will pump the brakes on... I think they overperformed last year. So this year, first, you're seeing a little bit of regression, some struggles, and a correction. How much is the correction and how much is the regression? I don't really know there. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic look, looking at Austin FC, 
um, in the very near future because, you know, they're one of the teams that, uh, you know, the goals for the goals against are at a minus one differential. They like broke a league record for differential last year. I think it's only a matter of time before they start scoring in bunches in Austin. Yeah. Austin FC was, I think, our MLS easy overs club last season, yes, right? They were. Yes, they were. So hopefully get back on that train in the next couple of weeks. I, I'm I'm also not sure that they're good enough right now. Like I did, like I said, they were due for a correction. They played ungodly yeah. efficiently last year. Um, I'm not sure they can beat LAFC or Seattle Sounders in a one-on-one in November. So here's a question that, I, that I'd love to ask because we we tend to follow this shit pretty closely in Europe, and um, I think that we're all big believers in man. Like early on in the year underdogs are a huge play, right? I, I think the, the books don't know quite know what they're doing yet. Um, and, you know, in Europe, I would say it takes five, six, seven match days for things to start to make a little bit of sense, right? For, for the yeah, eye sure. test to match the odds. Sure. Um, is that the case in the MLS? Do you, do you believe that we're about to kind of know what we're dealing with or is it still an absolute free-for-all right now? I think it's an absolute free-for-all right now. Um, <laughs> part of the reason why is because there's this international break that's going on in between games five and six, where a lot of teams are without some of their best players, um, who got called up to, you know, the current, their, their current national team. I was dead on two weeks ago and I was about to, man, I'm settling in this season because of course we're sports betters. We, we track our stuff. It's not like I'm just taking willy nilly picks out here. I'm tracking my stuff from week to week. Last year was a very tough year. I think I was up 14 units on 34 weeks, which is better than losing money, but it's certainly not what I would look for. The previous season, I was up 42 units on 34 weeks. So, um, you know, I I was finally looking at my lips. And then this year, this past week, it comes out. And in Major League Soccer, which is always heavily, heavily home favored more than any other league, we come out, the home teams only won two games out out of 14 last week. So it's like, I, I don't know. I, I would like to say so. I am kind of divesting from picking winners on these games. And I'm, you know, dabbling a little more with uh, over-unders. I like, you know, over under two and a half goals scored per game. Um, I think that's how I kind of deal with the volatility this early a little bit. Even if I can't pick the winner, I I can pick which games are going to be higher, low scoring. And I'm trying to to settle on that a little bit to to kind of hedge my bets on all the chaos that's going on out there right now. Um, I think we are a little bit away from being able to tell exactly who's who, exactly what's what. But yeah, we're turning that corner. I mean, we're, what, 14% of the way through the Major League Soccer season already. Um, you know, if if there's time, it's going to be now, and here's what's going to happen. We're going to settle in. We're going to have three weeks of solid betting. Summer window is going to open, and it's going to be a wash again. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we had a guest early on this year, um, Charles, who's, who's been on a few times. And I think um, one of the, the great pieces of advice that he gave out and listen, we're guilty. We don't always do it right. We lo- Everybody loves to pick a side and, you know, you like to pick based on the odds that you see in front of you. But um, totals is just never a bad way to go. Right. You're 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 sure. keeping there's a win or there's a loss. Right. It's it's there's no draw. There's no you're, you're not giving away 30 percent of the edge back to the house. You're basically going to win this bet or you're going to lose it. And um, 
I, I think we've certainly found, uh, and Steve and I have been tracking this for, for some time now, in the MLS, anytime they offer two and a half goals, especially early on, I'm pumping that over nine times out of ten. I mean, I, I don't even care who's playing. Um, and then I would say probably somewhere around week 10, week 12, you start to see those overs shift to three and a half. And now you have to, you know, really do some handicapping and be a little more selective. So let me tell you why everyone should be betting on Major League Soccer, because it is wild. Now, the home team has a huge advantage in Major League Soccer just geographically. I mean, if you're going three time zones from right to, you know, from west to east, you're losing three hours. So, you know, you you need to take that into account. The travel, it's it's so difficult. And then playing at home is such an advantage. You have basically another day and a half of, of practice rehearsing for the games. So, you know, there, there is that um, which kind of settles in everything. But I, I forgot what I was talking about, to be honest. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, we're talking about odds, right? Talk about odds. Talk about why MLS is, is where everybody should be putting their money right now. Oh, oh so um, here's what's going on in the sports books. I don't know this for sure, but I've I've tested it enough to know it's true. These adjusters are not focusing on Major League Soccer. Injuries aren't pushing the lines at all. It just seems to be in a bubble. I think they're just getting algorithms from European leagues. Oh, they're applying them to teams and then pumping out a number because you'll see a, a major, major player get sick or hurt. And the line goes in the wrong direction. <laughs> like they, they have no idea what's going on. And, and I'll, I'll I do use FanDuel and I'll tell you a story about FanDuel. Last year, there is a team called Sporting Kansas City. There's also a team called Sporting Cristal in South America that uses SKC, the abbreviations. For the first six weeks of the Major League Soccer season, you could have bet on SKC, Sporting Cristal, on the sports book for FanDuel, and you would get paid out for doing it. So if, it, you know, they, they didn't even pay enough attention to get the name of the team playing the game correctly. That's why you need to be betting on a major league soccer. Like there's so many things, there's so many unknowns, but the odds don't make sense all the time. If if you can keep track and get the information, you need to go to rotowire.com soccer lineups and just look at the players who are questionable, who are injured. Look at what the lines are. And it it just doesn't always make sense. And if you can find that advantage, you're going to make money. It just, it's, it's an information game. And it's so easy to get more information than Las Vegas when it comes to Major League Soccer. Yeah, just one one quick example but before we wrap. This week, um, St. Louis was at Real um, Salt Lake, and Real was without a starting midfielder, starting striker. And St. Louis, I look at you know international calls, I'm like, well, they're not really missing anybody. This team's four and zero, and their their number money line was like I think it was like plus two sixty. And Nick yeah. and I put them into our patron picks for uh, draw no bet at plus one sixty. They won the match four nothing. I mean, it was, it was like too easy. It's it's very easy money, and you know that that game shouldn't have happened either. I mean, we could talk about why RSL RSL is always going to be have a, a, a geographical advantage. They're playing at altitude, you know, a mile higher than everyone else yeah. in the league. That that game shouldn't have. St. Louis is just on such an incredible tear. You can't predict this. You can't bet this. This week they're playing Minnesota. Minnesota plus three hundred. I'm probably looking at Minnesota in this game, man. If you just bet St. Louis until they lose, you're probably going to make money at this point. Yeah, definitely. No, it's one of those things, right? There's no history to fall back on. So the book is just going to keep valuing them incorrectly. Exactly. Um, so then really quickly, just to, to wrap up kind of some of the teams here, um, 
right now. LAFC is the favorite to win the league. They're plus 400. Philly is plus 700. NYC, Cincinnati, Nashville, plus 1,400. Seattle, uh, New England, Austin, who we talked about. Atlanta, all plus 1,600. Question one, do you currently have a future bet for the winner of this league? I do not. I don't do it that early just because the summer, so many things change. But looking at this list, I can give you who I would put money on right now. Gun to your head, who would you put money on right now? I mean, the team who's done it before, the Seattle Sounders, they've been in uh, the finals, what, like six out of the last 10 years. You have a coach, Brian Schmetzer, who's been there before. They've they've done this before. They have a very similar team, and they just keep running it back and keep winning games. I mean, you have uh, Rui Diaz is out for international duty. He was hurt a little bit. Next man up, step in, plug in. Boom, you have uh, Jordan Morris scoring four, four, four goals in that Unreal. game starting as striker um you got players all over the pitch uh reagan you got Nuhu tolo some young guys mixed in with veterans it's just the best mix nicolo darrow who's the best player in major yeah. league soccer for half of a decade already mixed in there you got albert rushnak who came over um you know he was supposed to be like a striker for his previous team now he's playing center defensive midfield schmetzer knows where to put guys to get the best out of them and when these guys go down and get hurt he has a way to manipulate the lineup, to manipulate everything. He was going three guys in the back last season because he only had three defenders, and they were winning football games. So um, at plus 1,600, that's, that's stupid money. All right, I'm going to say I'm going to lock it in here. The official kicks and picks plus Bob. Future, MLS future, they are on Austin, who we mentioned, and Seattle. Those are the two. I like it. That's Great. where we're at. We're lo- I'm, I'm locking board. that in. Um. So then, Bob, really quickly, you know, uh, I actually feel privileged that we, I think we showed you this bet. Um, one of the bets that we really like in the MLS, um, and not everybody offers it, but it's to score or assist. Um, and it's, some, you know, it's available on DraftKings if you're here in the States. Uh, I use Bovada. My state does not have betting. Bovada offers this. A couple of other books have it. But we've been looking at guys, uh, Driussi, Bernardeschi, Carlos Vela, Jesus Ferreira, um, that like these are guys that basically are averaging a goal contribution to game, if not better over the past couple of years. Um, we've been crushing it. I love that bet. Uh, I think um, three for three so far this year and like putting in parlays with guys like that. Um, what are you looking for when you're putting in a player prop? Is there anybody that's killing it for you? Do you feel good about the bets that I just gave out? Talk me through uh, some other bets outside of just, taking teams or taking totals. Yeah, I, I kind of like that too. I, I'll look around for, you know, a, a center back who's missing. And is there a, a known number one striker on that team that we can, you know, focus on? You know, we saw that with Columbus and with Atlanta last week, missing some huge defensive pieces. So I would pick on that. Like, for example, um, Columbus, they're going to be missing uh, Jonathan Williams. And uh, who's the Australian? Uh, Dejanek, who who are both, uh, you know, on that back line, and they have nothing on that back line behind it. RSL, if Rubio Rubin is going to go, if Jefferson Savarino is going to go, those are two guys I like this week because I'm, you know, I'm targeting that specific defense. Um, If you look, Atlanta, um, who who was out for them? Uh, Yakamakis, their new striker, was out on... uh, um, 
international duty Miles Robinson missed. Look, Miles Robinson dropped. You know, they had two players missing and they they were scored on six times last season. Red Bulls plays them in a uh, very high press system. If you have um, you know, a striker available like Dante Van Zier next year, next week. And if we get good reports that he's going to be healthy and he's going to go up against his team, or if Corey Burke comes back from international duty early, hammer that against Atlanta. So I, I like to see, um, I, I like to pick on defenses. I like to pick on defenses. I did that early with Charlotte uh, with great, great success. They're a mess on defense. And if, if you know, if I know a system, a high pressing team against a mistake prone defense, I'm, I'm going to look to, to focus on that. Uh, and you know, you, you, you gotta know, I'm going to bet on X number this week and you got to kind of divorce yourself from each individual week's results. You have to know you're going to lose a lot of weeks, but I, yeah, I like to, to focus on a defense that I want to pick on. And, you know, I do that for MLS fantasy and I do that, uh, in, in my sports book picks too. Yeah, no, I mean, we we're talking about a guy like Bernardeski. We, we brought him up a lot last year and into this year, the first three weeks of the season, this guy is over plus 200 to score. I mean, I think he has 10 goals in 17 games and Steve and I wrote him eight weeks last year, at least, and, and like made a stupid amount of money. Um, So I, I think that player values and the MLS, the score is a great place to put your money. Yeah. And if you look at Bernadette, he's playing against Charlotte who has the worst defense in major league soccer yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, he'll be, Bill, he'll be closer to even money this week. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Oh, he'll, he, he, he should be in negative money. He should be <laughs> minus minus one thirty. Yeah. Um, and he, I mean, it's just ridiculous. What, what Charlotte's even allowed to put out on the field. You have Harrison awful. I guess that sums up the defense there. Awesome. Well, Bob, thank you so much, man, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Your, your passion for this league and your knowledge, certainly, um, we can't thank you enough. Uh, please do me a favor and, and tell the listeners just a little bit about what you're doing over at I-80, how they can find you, how they can follow you. and Absolutely. I have a great website. Uh, I know because I made it myself, i80sports.com. You can go on that website. Right at the top, there's a link for all the major podcast platforms. You can subscribe right there. We are available on YouTube, youtube.com backslash i80sports. Um, it's one of the only places I'm writing personally uh, MLS sportsbook articles each and every week. One of the only places on the web you can find it. You can go to ID Sports to catch that every week. And, you know, it, it's not only about this sport. We cover basketball. We talk baseball. Um, we have new guys who, who just uh, reached out a couple weeks ago want to talk uh, betting on golf. Um, so whatever you do, follow us there. You can catch my content, especially around the NFL season. Uh, I do stat projections for each and every player in the NFL. And, you know, that's a cheat sheet you can take right with you to your fantasy football draft. And, you know, just great content. It's a really exciting time to be putting stuff out there. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to be on your show. I I, I love being a, a pod hat podcast guest I actually have it on my Twitter bio. I think over eager uh, podcast guest. So anytime you guys need me, I would take time out of my day to be here. So, you know, thank you for having me on your show. It's always great to be able to plug what I'm doing here and, you know, to talk for an hour uninterrupted. That's I love You know, in the end, we're, we're all in this business because we love to hear our own voices. I'm no exception to that. So, you know, thank you for giving me that platform tonight. No, man, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Promise you we will have you back on over the summer. Uh, Maybe we'll do a a second half recap or certainly uh, we steal your picks weekly. So if you guys aren't following Bob, man, he is absolutely crushing it. You heard it here. Um, Thank you again. See you guys soon.